Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bienvenidos, señores y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast. This episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast has been brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, football, college football, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting, and your favorite casino and card games are available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Ben Online, where the game starts. And joining us on the Carne Asada is our old friend. Uh, he is not only the Los Angeles Dodgers all-time home run heater, uh, leader, but he is also the El Rey of show here in Major League Baseball. Ah. He's, he's, he's still got it. So uh, it's Eric Caros, everybody. Eric, ¿cómo estás, amigo? Uh, bien, ¿y tú? Muy bien. I love it when you guys show That's off your Spanish. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Hey, and also, I got to mention, too, not only have I been on, but you you had my son on earlier this year as well. I'm glad you brought right? it up because he killed it, Eric. Uh, whatever media <laughs> training you're doing with Jared, there you go. Uh, you're doing it. He was great. I love the surfing, and he's not afraid of sharks. So I, yeah, I, I love that. I love that. You know what, Eric? We wanted to have you on because you are the smartest man in baseball. Huh. I want to remind everybody, it was around this time a year ago that Eric said, the 2023 Dodgers were going to be a very different team, right? different looking team. Well, 2023 came, the Dodgers looked different, but we got a lot, maybe similar results, Eric. Eric, sure. what was the biggest surprise for you of this 2023 team? So the, the biggest surprise, interesting you asked that. So I was, uh, we were doing our telecast uh, the last three days in San Francisco. And on each day, one of the topics we had a, uh, surprise player an impactful play and then uh mvp so i picked for my surprise ryan brazier that is my surprise and and the reason i picked him dodger bullpen was i mean was just getting crushed as far as not only you know on the field but media just things weren't going well right coming off a series against the giants i think they had 15 runs um Ryan Brazier. Nobody knows who Ryan Brazier is, right? We we pick him up from Boston. We send him to Oklahoma City. He's pitching there. Bring him up. Since his first appearance with the Dodgers, best bullpen in baseball. Best bullpen. Now, if you if you had Ryan Brazier before the season, then let's go look for lottery tickets. Right? <laughs> Vegas, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, Eric, I don't want to leave the San Francisco series because you brought something up and there was a lot of you former players that were bringing this up. Right. The number of times that the Dodgers were getting hit 
Okay. Now, I'm not saying you were calling for a retaliation, <laughs> but it seemed like you guys were all saying, what the heck are the Dodgers waiting for? Why isn't anybody answering back? So I, I don't know that we were calling for it, right? I heard Jay Hare, he had mentioned it. Uh, yeah. Oral had talked about it. I think more than anything, we were just saying that at different time, things would have been handled differently. And, and it doesn't mean it's right, wrong, or whatever. And I don't think... I don't think that the Giants, and I made the comment on air, they weren't trying to hit Dodger hitter. They weren't trying to do that. But at some point, it doesn't matter whether you're trying to do it or not. And and the thing that the, the difference in this situation is we are a week away from postseason. Giants are done. And Will Smith takes one off the elbow and he's not able to catch. That's a big problem. Yes. Right. And if Miguel Rojas is unable to play because he got hit in the hand, that's a big problem. And so I get, you know, I mean, I, I hear the comment, oh, it's old school and oh, you're being, you know, whatever. You don't hit a guy now. Most of the people that say that, in fact, I would say I'm not sure any one of them has ever stood in a box. Mm -hmm. And there's that's not saying, oh, well, then they don't know anything that that's not it. But. There is something to be said about protecting your players. And you go back to the Don Drysdale days. You hit one of mine, I'm hitting two of yours. Yeah. And it's, again, there's, when you're on the field, you understand it. Right. Absolutely. Alicia, go ahead. He's, you know, he's being very gracious, Eric Carroll, because I loved how you, you clarified. I'm not saying they had to hit him, but you brought up a great point, Eric. The Giants, you believe, were not trying to hit Dodgers. No. However, no. shouldn't they have tried harder to not? So I, I think the um, so it's it's not it's interesting because both times that the giant hitters hit, I mean the giant pitchers hit our hitters, and they were inside pitches. Obviously, the next couple of hitters they're staying away the entire time, and and they know that. Like I said, they're not trying to hit, but there is something to be said also, you know, if you're trying to work on throwing inside, do it on your own time, right? Yeah. Don't do it in a game where somebody can get hurt. And I, like I said, if this is the middle of the season, completely different animal. Um, you know, now look at, I'll, I'll go back. I'll tell Pedro Martinez, hall of fame pitcher. So he had a, a reputation of throwing at guys. So what did other teams finally start doing? They started throwing at Larry Walker, who was their star player on the Montreal Expos back then. You know what Larry did? Larry then went to Pedro and is like, look, we're done with this throwing it, guys, because I'm the one wearing it. And, right. and that's how that stuff, you know, it, it used to be handled. And, you know, whether right or wrong, that's the way it was done. Right. And it was effective, right? So I hear you. I yeah. like the wisdom of Eric Carroll's. Um, you, I want to go back to something you mentioned a few minutes ago. You guys all on Spectrum, you talked about your surprise player, your MVP. There were three categories. It was okay. surprise. Yep. Um, play. Then there was like most impactful play. And then it was MVP. MVP. And so That's what I meant my, to say. MVP. My MVP. So I, for me, it was Freddie Freeman. And and the reason it was Freddie was the the obviously the numbers. And he was... He was a top five or 10 in almost every offensive category, whether you're talking about batting average, 
to doubles, to RBIs, to home, like everything. Stolen right. bases. I, I, I mean, I don't know if he was top 10, but he had to be close. Uh, yes. defense, everything. And then, so that, you know, and, and same with Mookie. Mookie was right there too. For right. me though, the, the separator with Freddie is he does it every single day, every mm -hmm. single pitch. Mm -hmm. And that having, having played and knowing the, like there were times where I, I, I forgot how many outs there were, or I didn't remember the count or it was, you just look at your human being. You're not going to be locked in 24 seven for a hundred. I was trying to think of a time where Freddie didn't know how many outs there were, or, you know, just kind of packed it in or made a mistake on the base paths or I, I, I couldn't think of one. I couldn't find one. And that right. day in and day out, that is, I mean, that, that may be tougher to do than some of the numbers he put up. Right. I, so I'm not going to speak for my co-host, but I would vote the same for MVP, yep. Freddie okay. Freeman. Right. And along that line, what is the deal? Why is he not being allowed in the same conversation as Acuna Jr.? I mean, the stolen bases thing, you brought that up. Right. It's just a different beast this year. Um, our producer, Babyface, he talks about this all the time. That The base is bigger. The pitching is different. The pitch the clock, clock yeah. huge factor. The pitchers are only allowed to throw twice at a player. Right. Like this all affects. So there are going to be more stolen bases. So why is it so heavily? I mean, I'm being biased, but why is it? Why is Freddie Freeman not even in that same? So, they mention him as an afterthought. <laughs> right. No, no. You're talking about him as, you know, maybe a third or fourth. It's it's Acuna and Betts, right? And and you are 100% right where you're talking about it is, uh, I don't want to say, it's easier to steal a base now. There's not, it's not even, it's not even close. It's It's night and day as opposed to, you know, guys doing it in years past. That being said, what Ronald Acuna has done is something that's never been done in the history of the game. Regardless of what the rules are now, the 40-70 has never been done. You also, there was something else too that I, I wasn't aware of um, until this weekend, but he, uh, and, and he, he has never had a month where he had an OPS, which is the on-base percentage, slugging percentage, and that's kind of what's used to, to measure the, you know, an offensive player. He hasn't had an OPS under 900 this year at any given month. 900 is elite. And, you know, Freddie Freeman had a 780 or 790 one month. And, and the consistency that Acuna has had, like, I, I, I get it. I get it. I'd love to see Freddie win it. I'd love to see Mookie win it. Um, but what Acuna did this year is, I mean, the only thing that the only one that's going to do it better than that is maybe Acuna next year. Uh, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, uh, look, I, I, the playoffs. Yep. The Dodgers have won the, the division 10 out of the last 11 years. You know, I, somehow the success that they have in the regular season is always dismissed because it's all about the postseason. It's what right. you do in the postseason. Going into this, you know, we already have Robert saying they're going to have to get creative when it comes to the pitching staff. Right. You can't, I, I mean, I guess the Braves might be the only team in the postseason that you could literally say might be able to slug their way to a championship. But in most cases, 
the offense is going to get checked in the playoffs. So that means there's going to be more pressure on the pitching. Right. Am I wrong in saying that the Dodgers postseason success is going to depend on this starting rotation and what they end up coming up with? Well, I, I, I like, I guess what I would say is you're right in that. I think it obviously it depends on the pitching. I don't know that I would say starting rotation because I don't know outside of Kershaw and probably Bobby Miller. I don't know what that rotation looks like. And I don't know, is it going to be opener and then go to one of the younger players? So I would say the pitching, obviously, and, and it, as is the case, but you, you hit it right on the head. And, and I, I said the same thing a couple of weeks ago. This might be the only time where I feel a team could actually, as you put it, slug its way to a world championship with Atlanta. Otherwise, I would say pitching, you know, is that is the story. The Dodgers, though, what I will say about this is one through 13 or one through 14, I'll take them over any staff in baseball. Now, I might not take their top three over somebody else's top three, but one through 13 or 14, Dodgers all day long. And, you know, he's saying getting creative. I, it's, it's, I don't know if I'd say it's as much as it's going to be creative or it's just non-conventional because creative to me makes it feel like, oh, we've got to come up with this elaborate, this crazy out of the box. And for me, it's pretty simple. Like I know who my guys are that are going to eat innings. I, I, and I just have to figure out like who is going to be my starter, who's going to take down the first three hitters. Non-conventional for me is a better word. There you go. This is why you're the smartest man in baseball. <laughs> Eric, I mean, you've been there before. You're a rookie. Mm -hmm. uh, is there an advantage to guys like Pepio, to Miller, to Sheehan, the fact that they haven't been there before so they don't know what to expect? Or is it inevitable that we're going to see these rookies get caught up in a moment? I. So here's the thing. What I will say is these guys have been – this isn't, hey, we got called up in September and now we're going to be thrown into the fire. Now, yes, the the the, the postseason, a completely different animal. Uh, be, just because every pitch is going to be more intense. You know, 60 pitches in the postseason versus 60 pitches in the regular season are completely different. The intensity, the um, the amount of stress, the the endurance level, all those sorts of things are much more you know, highlighted come the postseason. That being said, Bobby Miller for me has made all kinds of strides in being able to temper his emotions. Mm -hmm. Earlier in the year, you looked at a Giants game and an Astros game, and it was, I mean, a couple things didn't go his way, and it was just snowball, and it was a, it didn't turn out well either time. That's not the same guy we have now. He's learned to, you know, step back, take a breath. Emmett Sheehan, the same way. I think that he's become better. Uh, Pepio as well. Michael Grove coming in for, for an inning or two. I, we're not going to know until we know, right? They're not, you can mimic everything, but until you're standing out there and you know going through the, the emotions, you know, we don't know. But like I said, I'm taking this Dodger pitching staff over any staff in baseball. Before I throw over to Alicia, Eric, I just have to ask you, have people given up on the eye test? And what I mean by the eye test is this this idea with the opener. 
And then it's like you okay, you bring in an opener, and then Pepio comes in and kills it for like six or seven innings. Right. And it's like, why can't we just let Pepio start the game? Because as we saw in Colorado, all it took was those runs in the first inning that Pepio wasn't pitching in, and, and it cost you the game. I, look, I understand. I think analytics has always been a part of Major League Baseball. You always look at numbers. Right. But I just feel the eye test now is a thing that's of the past where if you see a guy is clearly killing it, leave him in. So so I, I agree. I guess I. this is the reason for the opener is so you can get a guy to go longer in the game, meaning – you don't want Pepio to face one, two, and three, three times. So you could theoretically have him face one, two, and three, you know, two times in four innings. Maybe the third time's coming around in the fifth, you know, sixth for probably for sure. So the idea is also I get to pick who I want to face their top three hitters. I get to use Gratterall or Phillips or whoever, you know, maybe I'm using Ferguson, whatever. I know I get to pick that matchup. And so later on in the game, I don't know that I'm going to have that opportunity, meaning I may get to face those one, two, three, but there may be guys on, or there may be two outs and I get to face, like you, you have complete control of the situation. So the idea is I knock out those top three hitters. And then I bring in whoever, my, my next pitcher, whether it's Pepio, Sheehan, whoever it is. And now they can theoretically go, they, they may go four innings and only face one, two, three once. They could go six innings and face one, two, three twice. And the idea is to eat up innings. Um, you know, would that ever work with a Kershaw? You're not, it's, it's never, right? Like you're not going to be able to sell that to him. Are you going to be able to say, Bobby Miller now, you're okay with him facing one, two, three, three times. But he's a different animal because he's got five pitches. Yeah. He's got five pitches that are all quality pitches. Sheehan and, and Pepio are more three-pitch guys. And, you know, I, I the Ferguson thing didn't work well the last couple of starts, but I don't know that he's your opener, right? Mm -hmm. He was just He's just, like, for this, for this situation – He's going to be our opener. I don't know that that's the the path come the postseason. Po point it. taken. Alicia, uh, let's wrap things up. Well, I wanted to follow up on that last question, but it's all related to what you just spoke about. Is it not an advantage that a lot of the guys throughout baseball, especially the ones that were facing in the playoffs, the Dodgers, have not seen the rookies very often, I mean, that's a good thing, isn't it? it, it, it <laughs> I'm it looking for any advantage. <laughs> yeah, right. No, no. So, so if you're seeing a pitcher for the first time, it's definitely advantage pitcher. There's no question about it. The thing is nowadays, though, so you can, uh, there's video. There's, you can put on these virtual reality glasses. Yeah. And I literally can put these things on and I'm facing Bobby Miller. I'm facing Ryan Pepio. I'm seeing the pitches come at me. I'm saying there was, I, I, it was probably about four or five years ago. I was down at, 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 in spring training and I went in and stood, it was like a, a big video game. And it's, these guys are actually throwing to me. And so I knew what it was like to face 
a guy that I had never even seen. I faced Craig Kimbrell. I've never seen Craig Kimbrell except on TV or, you know, I've never stood in the box against him. But I'll be darned after this, I felt like, look, at I, I at least am familiar with him. So, so that is, while it's still, there's something to be, the preparation now that guys have available to them, whether it's hitting or pitching, the information is crazy. It's crazy. Dang it. So you and the Prince of Darkness are really, but I'm trying to find any advantage for the Dodgers. <laughs> you know what you the advantage have- is? The advantage is talent. They're good. These guys are good. These young guys are good. So on that note, how are you feeling? Can we get a prediction from you? How do you feel about the Dodgers run through October? So I I like their chance. So for this group, they're as well-prepared and as in a good a spot as they could possibly be. Compare it to years past. Is this as talented a team as years past? I don't think so. But... What I will say about this group, the expectations for themselves are different than what the expectations for, you know, the country. The last few years, oh, the Dodgers are, should win. The Dodgers should win. The Dodgers should win. I think they're going into this year as, look at they're, they're maybe the second or third best team in the National League. And I think that is a little bit of a chip like, oh, really? Okay, we got a little something for you. And I, I, I like the for me, the Dodgers winning the World Series is—it's uh, believable, and I, I could—I I completely see a path for it happening. I'm totally satisfied with that answer, Juan. That's okay. <laughs> All right, good. There you go, Eric. All right, Eric. We want to be respectful of your time. I want to leave you with this one. Uh, you know, we've talked about the accomplishments of this team. In a sense, yeah. a lot of people think they've overachieved. There's a dude on here that I feel doesn't get enough credit, and that's Dave Roberts. We just had him on the show recently you know and he there's been a lot of hoopla about how he said this is his favorite team and he kind of i feel doesn't get enough credit because everybody always credits it free to friedman and there is this belief now and i've had former major leaguers that tell me this heath bell comes on the show all the time and says look all these teams now are working with the front office and the manager it's it's a collaboration so if that's the case who can you really give credit to but I just feel the way he handles that clubhouse, I don't think he gets enough credit to get these guys to buy in because you look down the freeway and it right. looks like Bob Melvin couldn't get those guys to right. buy in. So I, so this is what I'll say about Doc is he, you're 100% right, does not get the credit that he deserves. And his ability to get all these guys to play, to accept their roles, to buy into whether it's the opener, to buy into matchups to buy into not playing every day uh i I mean you you can't argue with the success and i you know i said this on a telecast probably it was during the san diego series when the padres were up at our place and you know we're talking about all the moves that the padres have made and, and what hasn't worked out and i will say their biggest blunder in the last 10 years their biggest mistake and and we were fortunate as heck they fired bud black their bench coach was Dave Roberts. They did not even give Dave Roberts an interview for the job. They gave it to Andy Green. Dave Roberts then comes here. And remember, it was, you know, Gabe Kapler. There was a pretty good sense that he was going to get the job. It was Gabe Kapler and Dave Roberts. That's who it came down to. And Dave got the job. 
And you look at the success since, you look at what the Padres have gone through. You can't argue with what Dave has done. I don't like you can talk all you want about, well, this, that, whatever. The bottom line is if he's not managing this ball club, who knows what's gone on in the last, you know, 10 years, eight years, whatever it's been, he's been here. So, yeah. like I said, he, he does an unreal job. Uh, the front office has been great, but man, if you're saying that it could have been better or that he doesn't do a great job, you're not, you're not following baseball. There yeah. you have it. We we are so lucky to have the smartest man in baseball join now us. Don't keep panning that. You keep labeling me that, and then you know I'm going to say something stupid or do something dumb, yeah. and then it's going to be a meme or something. Right? No, Eric, I just want to be – I want to give you your due because we both know that you called this. You know, when we were at the Justin Turner Foundation. On this show, right? right? On this show. I said it, right? Yeah. You yeah. were the one that said, hey, this team is going to look very different. Yeah. Right, and then right. sure enough, when it did, it was all doom and gloom. Uh, you know, they right. can they even get to 90 wins? Right. And for them to get out of here, you, you called it. So that that's why going into the playoffs, you're a soothing voice. There you're the go. voice of reason. <laughs> you We know what to expect now. So we want to thank you. And uh, hey, Anytime. Look, much, much Anytime. luck to Jared because thank he you very killed much. it. He killed it thank down you. in Rancho and then going up to, to the next level. Good. So the Carol's name. Good. Thank it's you. Good to have it. Thank you. Thanks, Anytime, Eric. guys. And thanks for joining us this time, Alicia. It's great. <laughs> oh my God. I will never miss it again. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. You okay. have a good day. Go see Dodgers. You. Go we'll Dodgers. And a big thank you once again to Eric Karos for joining us on the show. Uh, always dropping the knowledge. Uh, Alicia, do you feel better now that Karos has actually, he wouldn't go out, he didn't call his shot. He didn't say who was going to win the World Series, but he did say he could see the Dodgers winning the World Series. So, so, so does that make you feel better? I'll take it. That's my answer. Because, of course, I wanted him to say, no, I think I really think the Dodgers could do it. But, you know, he's he is the smartest man in the room, according to you in baseball. And I just totally respect him. And I guess I should follow my own advice and focus on the positive. He did say... It could happen. It's almost like, so you say there's a chance, right? Like, <laughs> are you are you worried? Are you really worried? Yes, of course I worried. If the Dodgers aren't supposed to be here, and it would be a magical year if the Dodgers win. Of course, I want them to win, but logic and, and other people like the Prince of Darkness, not you. Okay, maybe you make me worried. So, yes, I'm worried. <laughs> and I, there are I, so we, many we, we must have done like a Freaky Friday uh, Friday, or vice versa here because, yes, I am the Prince of Darkness, but I got to tell you guys, I actually feel good going into these playoffs because Yay. I think it's wide open. I, I mean, I don't think a lot of these pitching rotations are healthy. We just got news that the Brewers, the Cerveceros, they just lost Woodruff for the wild card round. And that's one of the top pitchers for the Cerveceros. And if the Cerveceros, if the Serpientes can beat the Cerveceros, we're going to get the Serpientes to come into Dodger Stadium. Look, facing the Cerveceros pitching staff, that is worrisome. Babyface. I mean, are you nervous? Are you? Is it getting closer now to that time for you to start pacing and and really getting worried? Well, I'm, I'm always worried when it's playoff time. Like. Because it, 
it 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 ends so fast, right? Like right. here we are, you know, playoff week, and then it's gonna get to Saturday, and then the next and within that next week it could be over, right? And that's kind of that whole that whole thing of, of the playoffs, but like yeah, I'm I'm always worried. You know, I like their chances. And, you know, it's still early, right? They gotta gotta see how they're gonna come out, how they're gonna play, play that first round. They get by that first round, and then okay, then now we start getting some momentum, and then you know we'll see how we see how I feel then. You know, but like I said, I'm I'm confident in this group. If they play up to their capabilities, I believe they can make a a, a good long run in October. But you know, one day at a time, one series at a time, and and we'll see. But you know, I'm always going to be nervous come October just because you never know what can happen. I think Alicia is right in the sense that there are some possible great storylines that could come out of the Dodgers winning the World Series. Uh, one of them is if they win the World Series, it's because these rookie pitchers were nails in, in, in the World Series. I mean, that that's a great storyline. I want to throw this because she is the Princesa, so we live in an imaginary world. Princesa, <laughs> how's this for a storyline? The Dodgers end up playing the Rangers and win the World Series in Texas at Globe Life Field. Is that not the best storyline that they beat the Rangers, but they win in Texas in 2020, and it just vindicates them saying that 2020 World Series was not a fluke. It was not a Mickey Mouse. Or what to you is the best storyline? What is the, the best way you can wrap it up in a bow for the Dodgers to win the World Series? The best way, I was going to ask you, what what path do you see it happening? Because I just want it to happen. I don't right. care how it happens. <laughs> and I do like that storyline very much. Take us back to Texas. And then we could be like, toma, to all the haters, <laughs> all the smack talkers. Oh, it was a bubble. Everyone had the same circumstances and the Dodgers want it, whatever. That, I love that scenario. I let's do it. Let's all let's book our flights now. Uh, look, I, I mean, if I had my choice, I think. I mean, I I really like Randy Rosarena. I, I would love to see Randy Rosarena, especially the show that he put in the World Baseball Classic at the beginning of the year. I would love to see him in the World Series. I think the Orioles, the Orioles have just, I can't remember the, I think it was 83 was the last time that the Orioles were in the World Series. So th- there's a bunch of teams. I mean, do we want to see the Astros? Would it be uh, better to see the Astros in the World Series and get the revenge, win the World Series against the Astros? I, I mean, there's so many. I, I, I figured this is the only time we have to play this make-believe game because sooner Saturday's going to be upon us and everybody's going to be stressed. Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm not even allowed to have these discussion, discussions except with you gentlemen. Because anytime we bring up Dodgers and playoffs, I get thrown at me. Braves, Braves, Braves. Like, as if the Dodgers are not going to make it through the Braves. And so maybe that's why I have not built my fairy tale on how the Dodgers win it all the way to the end, <laughs> because I have so many. Uh, do you not get that? That there are a lot of non-believers that they think the Braves just have it wrapped up. 
Well, look, the majority of the people are uh, betting money is on the Bravos. The majority of the people are picking the Braves. Uh, ESPN released something uh, where the Braves got the majority of the votes. You know what was the second National League team that got the majority of the votes that they would get, get it to the World Series? Uh, Babyface, did you see this? Hmm. It was the Phillies. Uh, Phillies. Yeah, the Phillies. Oh. There's a lot of love for the Phillies. There's a lot of experts that are saying if it's not the Bravos, it's going to be the Phillies. Out of all the people that they interviewed at ESPN, there was one guy, and I had never even heard of him. I, I forget what his name is. There was one dude who picked the Dodgers. So, like Eric Caro said, the Dodgers are going to, they're not the favorites. This is the first time in a long time that I don't think anybody expects them to. I mean, there's a lot of people that think if they get the Cerveceros, they could lose in the divisional series to the Cerveceros. So, is that. Is that a benefit for the Dodgers, babyface, to really be a, an underdog this time and to have, like Carol said, the chip on their shoulder that, hey, nobody thinks we, we belong here? Yeah, and I, I think I heard um, Joe Kelly say that. He said going into this, they know they're underdogs, and they're, they're kind of embracing that. They know that they're not the favorite. And, and yeah, I, I guess that, that does – you know, when you go into series now and like, oh, you end up playing the Braves, like everybody's going to pick the Braves, right? So yeah. I guess the, pre the, the pressure and even in the playoffs, just going into the playoffs, like every, a year ago, oh, Dodgers, right? Dodgers, Dodgers. And this year it's yeah. kind of the Braves. Yeah. So that pressure isn't there. So like, you know, they just got to go out. Like you said, just go out, play their game. And, you know, we'll see we'll see how it how it ends up. You know, I mean, a first round matchup with either the, the Brewers or the Diamondbacks. You would think that's kind of advantage Dodgers, but you know we'll we'll see. I mean, you, you do like those matchups, so I mean, I feel comfortable playing either one of those teams. So do I. And I would like to mention these same experts. Are they the ones who picked the Padres to win the division in the beginning of the season? Because those were, remember, there were a lot of those experts. So come on, there's just yeah. never any love for LA, especially the Dodgers, the USC. And I said this at least two shows ago. I very much enjoy that the Dodgers are not favored. I like that they're the underdog. I like not having that target on their back. So hopefully it works. It's the winning formula this season. Yeah, I, I mean, whatever they got to do, if they got to be the Rocky Balboa this year, I mean, whatever, if it helps them motivated, look, Michael Jordan used to make up shit all the time to get motivated, you know, to play games. If that's what these guys need, if this is the urgency that Dave Roberts has been hinting about, because he said this way before early in the season, and I was really surprised how he was talking, bringing up urgency back in like august and i'm like dude the playoffs so there's still two months away but bringing that urgency it is obvious to roberts and probably there's a couple of other people in that clubhouse last year has not been forgotten that's the chip on their shoulder i feel it's not that they're not favored the chip on their shoulder is they won 111 games last year and the show pods beat them so I feel there are people in that dugout, in that clubhouse, that feel they have something to prove. And if that's motivation, go ahead. But you still got to play the games, man. You can have all the motivation on the world, but there's other people. Those guys on the other side of the field, they get paid, as you know, Don Trell says, they drive nice cars too. So mm -hmm. they're not going to lay down for you. So, I mean, it, it, we're getting there. I, I just feel like what, what Caro said, 
hey, maybe the Dodgers that maybe they do have a chance. I, I mean, I just I just think it's wide open. I think the American League is completely wide open. The Astros don't look uh, that dominant. I I don't think there's they any team. They barely yeah. made it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's completely wide open. And the fact that uh, there's all this Phillies love, that means they're telling me, hey, maybe the Phillies could beat the Braves. And if the Phillies beat the Braves, why couldn't the Dodgers beat the Phillies? I mean, it's I, I like the fact that it's wide open. So I'm I'm eagerly awaiting that this goes ahead and, and gets started. Uh, as we wrap things up, any last thoughts from either one of you? Um. I do like that I held, um, I was very disciplined in not bringing up Eric Carroll's hair and then not asking about his products. Or I also wanted to ask him about scary movies, like it's spooky season. So I'm very proud of myself for just sticking to baseball. Baby what, I saw you were watching The Shining, by the way, the other day. Uh. But he says that I love that movie. So all right, let's let's end it on this. Let's end it on this. What is your favorite horror spooky movie or whatever since it is the beginning of October? It's like favorite children. But okay, so my favorite children for my first marriage, we'll call it that. Okay. So my favorite scary movies for my first marriage are The Shining. I like Living Dead movies. I love zombie movies. Um I remember seeing The Exorcist when I was a little girl because my mom forbid me to see it. So that's still a classic. Uh, Have you seen The Exorcist in the theater? Yes. Yes. When they bring it back for... Let me tell you, it is much different in a movie theater than it is watching it at home. But I like to turn off the lights and everything. Like, and I'm trying to figure out what a modern scary movie... Um... Oh, I mean, well, no, they're not scary, but I'm I'm a fan of like the screen franchise and yeah, just because they're clever, you know, and it's beautiful people. What are your favorite movies? <laughs> are there any modern ones? Because I can't pull. I didn't know we were going to talk about this. I wanted to ask Eric about. Definitely, The Shining is one of my favorite. I think The Shining is my favorite. I will say this to all our listeners, our viewers. If you ever get the opportunity to watch The Exorcist in a movie theater, Mm -hmm. go watch it in a movie theater. Because what makes The Exorcist scary to me is the sound design of that movie. And that you you get that effect in a movie theater because I saw it in a movie theater and I it scared the shit out of me in the movie theater. And it did not have that same effect. Uh, for me when I was watching it at, at home and I'll say this one of my favorite movies of all time and I've seen it so many times is Jaws and oh, I know that mo- I, I know Jaws backwards and forwards I saw Jaws in the movie theater and there's the scene when Richard Dreyfuss gets lowered into the water <laughs> and he's in the shark cage in the movie theater scared the shit out of me and right, I right. knew it was coming I knew what was coming and I still got scared but so were still yeah yeah. Uh, so uh, look, if you get go back to the movies, man, the movies are fantastic. See yeah. stuff in the movie theater. But yeah, for me, the, the shining is definitely, I don't, I guess these modern horror movies, I'm more of a suspense thriller kind of guy. Right. The, the psychological ones are the ones that really mess with me. I don't like this new genre of torture porn is, is what I call it, where it's just so gory where you're seeing people just getting 
cut and and like those saw movies i just i can't watch that stuff yeah, that a- that that stuff is like so i i like more psychological babyface what is your favorite spooky movie um besides uh we mentioned this in the text uh october dodger baseball right that spooky movie <laughs> that's the that's the scariest one is the dodgers in october that's okay scariest right. October baseball yeah. dodgers. I, i've never really been like a horror movie guy i guess i, I grew up with la llorona so that kind of scared me since yeah from childhood right so life uh, is just is your scary yeah. movie right. yeah i mean you know, I'd watch. Like you know, I watch the, 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 <laughs> nightmare on Elm, the the nightmare on Elm Street Fox stuff. I, yeah. I saw that stuff, but I guess maybe just those classics. I never come with some of the like Alicia said. Like, really, nothing. It's been a long time, I guess, when there's been a lot of like stuff that's coming what out. What about like that. Uh, Blair Witch Project? Remember oh, the Blair I saw Witch that one. Did that get yeah. you guys in the theater? I saw you it in the theater. Got it got me, me sick. It got me sick in the theater. <laughs> You know what what got me in that movie was yeah. the very last scene. The very last scene of that movie scared the shit out of me as I was walking back to my car in the in the parking lot. I kept looking over my shoulder. <laughs> I, I that's that scene, that whole up until that point, I was just like, what the hell is that? You know, that yeah. movie, I was like, what, 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 this is supposed to be scary. But that last shot, and I was just like, what the fuck? And then the movie ends, and now I gotta walk to my car. I, I will say this. There are some other movies that have creeped me out that aren't necessarily scary. If anyone has seen the remake of Suspiria, Suspiria was this 1960s Italian horror movie uh, Mm -hmm. directed by Dario Argento. But there was recently a remake of it. And that that it was creepy. It was just creepy. And I and that was another I need to run to my car when I was leaving the movie theater because I just kept looking over ahead of, you know, my head was on a swivel because I don't know, for some reason walking out of that movie, I just had a vibe that something or someone was going to get me. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, that those I feel are the successful horror movies are the ones that stick with you and, and, and are creepy that, that, so I guess yeah, spooky, spooky. That's a good call, Suspiria. Yeah, that. Um, now you're gonna make me watch that one next. Um, the the Blair Witch is very effective for me because I'm a hiker, and when I hike alone, oh. I kid you not, I if it gets starts getting dark, I it makes my butt hustle faster. If I'm like, I don't want no Blair Witch project, none of that bullshit. Like even though I know it's a movie, it's still so like when you're hi- alone in the forest. I respect the forest. Um. What about Alicia? When you're hiking, do you hear? No. (laughs) Oh, see, I'm a huge Michael Myers fan. I love that franchise. I can't believe I didn't mention that. And not necessarily because of the scariness, but I love the backstory. I love the history. I love the formula. Like I grew up on that franchise. So all of that Halloween, Friday the 13th, love, love, love. Um, There is a new exorcist that's coming out in the theater and it's two young girls get possessed so i might go check that out there and is, um, it, they're bringing back ellen burston in that yes, movie yes, ellen burston yes. was in the original exorcist i love it i love it um you did trigger me i'm gonna leave you with this when you brought up jaws yeah because i very much love that movie and respect that movie but when i was a little girl i had silver cap teeth and my older cousin's 
called called me Jaws. That was my nickname. And it and it, you know. But that's a reference to the James Bond character, that's not the trauma. actual shark. <laughs> it is a reference to the. But still, if anything Jaws, I'm like triggered. So. No, oh, I. Now you're gonna I, drive I love- me a daydream. I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> I, I, I love Jaws, and I and I forget that in certain areas, Jaws is considered a horror movie because it's technically a slasher film. Um, but uh, I, but I still go with very music. The the sound effects yeah. created the spookiness. So, in homage to what you mentioned earlier, sound is so important. You know. Absolutely. So, yeah, that that's great. I love that you brought this up. So, in the tradition of the playoff move, uh, playoff starting, our favorite horror movies. There you go. Because as Babyface said, his favorite horror movie is the Dodgers in Dodgers. in October. So that's uh, that's going to be great. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast and to our YouTube channel. We are still giving away the Mariachi Joe bobblehead. So. Make sure you tell your friends, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are not going to give it away until we hit a thousand subscribers. So share, tell everyone, go click on the Bleed Lows podcast YouTube channel, subscribe to it. And then once we hit a thousand, we are going to be raffling that off. Uh, you are sido su servidor, Juan Ramirez, de parte de mis colegas, la princesa de Picolandia, Alicia Del Valle, and Babyface. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Lows podcast has been brought to you by betonline.ag, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.